بسم الله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الخلق وسيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اللهم افتح علينا فتحا مبينا وارزقنا رزقا مباركا كريما اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما the name of Allah, the beneficent, the gracious, the merciful. And may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon his Prophet Muhammad وسلم, his family and all those who follow in his footsteps. Dear brothers, their sisters, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Begin with a uh, note of gratitude to Allah um, that despite us being so distant from one another, that we're still able to breathe and, and connect with each other, even if it's virtual. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, the gifts of Allah are abundant. And these are difficult times, no doubt. Um, I hope everyone, inshallah, is doing well. I uh, want you to know that all of you are in our thoughts and our du'as and our prayers. Uh, it's an incredible gift to have a community, and we can't wait to meet you again, inshallah, in the near future. Bear in mind that Allah is with us. Know that Allah will not abandon us. Allah will get us through this. We just need to hang in there, inshallah. A um, couple of notes about what we're going to do, inshallah, with this series. Uh, in light of what's happening uh, with the circumstances, the dire circumstances that we're all experiencing, and this difficult trial, inshallah, um, for, for, for today, I'm going to be covering a surah uh, that we're uh, assigned uh, for this coming Sunday, Surah Rahman. But afterward, inshallah, we'll be switching to a new series. For the coming weeks, and the purpose is to connect us to Allah in these difficult times by utilizing some of the most glorious du'as that He has uh, taught us in the Quran to know how to invoke Him in these times of difficulties and adversity. So, inshallah, in the coming days, uh, Stay tuned and you will be seeing new content delivered and this, inshallah, new series uh, that we hope will benefit you and benefit your families and will equip you with the tools that you need from the Qur'an and the Sunnah to help sustain you in these difficult times. Uh, inshallah, today we'll uh, cover Surah Al-Rahman as I indicated. Uh, and I cannot think of a, a Surah that could be more pertinent to our times, that we need more to sustain us and give us the faith and the hope uh, in the mercy of Allah Azza wa It's a beautiful surah that all of us love to hear. We know that it's a very poetic surah. It's a rhythmic surah. It's a very intimate surah. And I pray to Allah Azza wa that he touches us with this surah, with his beautiful words and meanings and insights. And I promise you the insights and the treasures you'll get from this surah uh, will carry you through these trials. Inshallah. And it's a timing of Allah that we were meant to cover this surah on this day in these difficult circumstances. Surah Al-Rahman, a surah entitled by the name of Allah Al-Rahman. It's a name of Allah that we um, often recite in Surah Al-Fatiha, in the Basmalah, Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. We're all familiar with it. We've recited it more times than we can imagine. We can count in our lives, but what does it mean? And why would Allah reveal a surah, an entire surah, entitled by one of his most glorious names, Ar-Rahman, a name that actually refers, refers also to the essence of Allah for his essence is Ar-Rahman. And we need to really reflect on this deeply profound word and name of Allah 
So what is this surah about and what is the theme and the subject matter of it? In a nutshell, Surah Rahman says to you and me that Allah Azza wa Jalla Rahman is worthy of our gratitude. That we might have forgotten about his presence in our lives and the amount of gifts that he showers, showers us with and it's time for you and me, for you and me as human beings but also for the jinn who are referenced and addressed in this Qur'an to reflect upon the glorious bounties of Allah that we might have taken for granted. And whenever we take something for granted, we lose sight of it in our lives and, and we lose gratitude for it. And how many gifts of Allah that we're surrounded by that we have lost touch with, uh, that we've forgotten about and we might have even forgotten about Allah in our journeys. So Allah comes in the surah to revive our hearts and souls and remind us of how much we need to remember Him and to thank Him. Indeed, the gratitude, this gratitude to Allah is the thing we need the most. It's what's going to carry us through these difficult times. It's what's going to get us the abundance of Allah and His relief. When was it revealed and what's the context of the revelation of this Qur'an? The timing is really incredible. Um, at a time in Mecca, uh, in the life of Rasulullah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and as we're aware, the time of Mecca was very excruciating. It was a time of suffering and persecution. The Meccans have inflicted a lot of pain upon Rasulullah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They've inflicted persecution and abuse upon him. They hurt him physically. They wanted to hurt him emotionally. They hurt his family and his friends. It was incredible difficulty and hardship that he went through in that time. It was also a time in which the kuffar of Mecca, Quraysh, were challenging Rasulullah Muhammad and his message, were challenging Allah were rebellious. They were demanding answers and proofs about the existence of the divine and the fact that he's the Lord of the heavens and the earth and that he needs to be worshiped. They were demanding these answers and proofs and Allah answers. So at the height of that rebellion, at the height of that arrogance against Allah Azza and at the heart of this persecution, Allah reveals a whole surah to answer and to address and to respond to these stubborn demands and arrogance from the people of Mecca, in which Allah answers their question about who Ar-Rahman is, because they actually asked Rasulullah Muhammad who is this Rahman that you keep talking about? Why do we need him in our lives? And we never heard of the word Rahman in our lives. Allah takes it upon himself to reveal a whole surah to address them. And you would have imagined or thought that when someone is being arrogant and rebellious to you and you have power over them, that you'll punish them. But instead, the stunning thing about this surah is that Allah, instead of punishing them instantly, for their continuous rebellion and arrogance and for asking ridiculous questions because they knew who Allah was. Instead, he reveals a whole surah that is entitled Ar-Rahman, in which he delivers an intimate message even to them to caution and remind them and bring them back to that state of consciousness, to revive them, to tell them pay attention before it's too late. That indeed is a sign of the Rahman of Allah but it also came to Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu at the height of his suffering to remind him that Ar-Rahman is present with you. He has not abandoned you. What a beautiful surah it is. 
What's the structure of this surah? This surah is beautifully structured into five segments. Um, and uh, each of those segments has a distinct, distinct subject matter, but they all fit together. Ultimately, it is about Allah and his gifts. The surah begins beautifully with one verse, Ar-Rahman. Actually, it's not even a complete sentence. So Allah begins the surah by referencing his own name. Remember, this came as an answer, as a response to those who asked, who is Ar-Rahman? So Allah begins the surah by saying one thing only, Ar-Rahman. The complete sentence is, Ar-Rahman al-Allam al-Quran. I actually need to recite verse number two in order for you to complete the sentence and the thought because the thought is Ar-Rahman al-Allam al-Quran. Ar-Rahman, the exceedingly merciful, the infinitely compassionate and merciful who taught the Quran. That is the full sentence. But yet what we find here is something amazing. Allah breaks this up into two verses. Verse number one is actually one word, Ar-Rahman. And verse two is Allah al-Quran. Why would Allah do that? Allah wanted us to pause upon one word, his name, Ar-Rahman. To pause and think about what it means to you and me. To reflect on the divine and one central main quality about him that you and I desperately need in our lives, it is his Rahman. His infinite mercy that engulfs and encompasses all of us in our journeys. It touches every single thing in existence. It's boundless. It's unimaginable. And without it, we cannot even exist. And Allah reminds us right here that everything we experience, everything within ourselves and within the cosmos, within the universe, within our journeys, even in the next life, comes out of this rahmah. It's actually an expression of this mercy of Allah Azza who wants nothing but good for you and me, who intended for us to exist and who wants us to go back to him. This is the rahmah that Allah wanted us to reflect on. The rahmah that we see exemplified in our lives in the womb of a mother. For the womb of a mother is called the rahim, and that word is connected to ar-Rahman. Allah wanted us to reflect on ar-Rahim. Think of the rahim, the womb of a mother, that shelters the child night and day during pregnancy. That child doesn't even know who his mother is, doesn't know her name. He's connected to it. He's aware of, aware of his mother, but he doesn't even know her, you know, in, in terms of her identity and her, and her name. And yet that womb is constantly nourishing that fetus throughout its journey for nine months, sheltering, protecting, providing, and the baby doesn't even know that. Imagine yourself in the womb of that merciful Allah. It encompasses you, it shelters you, it touches you, and we might not even be aware of it. Allah is giving us these beautiful examples. And he paused there to have you and me think about this. But then Allah begins in that first section a beautiful presentation and a discussion on the gifts that come out of that Rahman. Because he's indeed deserving and worthy of our gratitude. And we need examples to think about. So if I were to ask you, what is the greatest gift of Allah? What is the thing we need the most from him? Allah mentions it in verse 2. The grandest gift from the merciful that we desperately need. Without which we're meaningless and our existence is meaningless. And what is it? Allah defines the answer to that. 
by saying Quran. He taught the Quran. So before he talks about any other glorious gift from him, he talks about the grand gift of the Quran, and that's indeed section one of that surah. To reflect on the Quran and the word of Allah, what are we without it? Imagine if there was no revelation. How will we find guidance? How will we find light in the midst of darkness? How will we know where we came from and where we're going? How will we know how to nourish our hearts and souls? How do we know the path to Allah? How do we even know about Allah himself? We wouldn't know anything. We would be purposeless and meaningless without this revelation. So Allah reminds us it's the ultimate gift of Allah. That reciting his words resuscitates you, revives you, enlightens you, nourishes you, nourishes you and connects you to the heavens. That's why this book of Allah is what we really need in these days of trial, these days of darkness, these days of need. We need to cling on to the word of Allah. And he reminds us of this in verse number two. We need Allah's word in our lives. It's the most glorious gift. Then Allah continues by talking about other beautiful gifts that he endowed us with that we might have forgotten about. So he says, خَلَقَ insan." He created the human being. So in order, the creation of the human being doesn't come before the Qur'an, it comes after it. What is the human being by himself? We're made of a physical substance and a soul. Most of us are unaware, unaware of our souls and we reduce our existence to physical bodies and matter. That matter is meaningless without that soul. And that soul that you and I have right now needs reminders. So this human being that Allah references in this verse is forgetful. And the word insan, within it is the meaning of forgetfulness. So we forget. So why do we need the Quran? To come and revive us and remind us. So Allah says the revelation of the Quran is even more important than even our creation. It's the grandest gift. But Allah indeed highlights the, the, beauty, the beauty and the glory of our own creation, that it's a gift of Allah. Would you have imagined that your existence right now, despite your trials, tribulations, pain, and suffering, is actually a gift of Allah? That we're here? We might say that we're struggling. Yeah, one day we'll find out really what bliss is. And it's waiting for all, for all of us, and it's the promise of Allah Azza wa Jalla. And when we see it and witness it, we're going to be really thankful to Allah that he created you, that he intended for you and me to exist by name. Allah knows each and every one of us by name. Then Allah references another beautiful gift that is essential. He says, He endowed him, this human being, with bayan, the ability to articulate, the ability to speak. Now, this is a, a tool of Allah that he has given us. And we might wonder, what's the use of it? We speak and communicate. We're aware of this. We cannot exist without our tongues. There's no communication without it. Allah reminds us right now that this is a gift of Allah that we might have forgotten about. But if I were to ask you, what's the greatest use of your tongue? What would you say? Allah answers this within the surah. There's nothing greater that we can utilize our articulation with this tongue of ours that to recite the name of Allah and to recite his words. Imagine the, the way and the manner in which we use our tongues to hurt ourselves and to hurt others, to engage in vain talk, etc., etc., etc. And we know that we're producing pain with our tongues. 
What about being summoned to a higher purpose for our tongues? Think of the baby that is screaming and is not able to communicate with his dad and his mommy. Language is essential. And Allah reminds us of the power of language and articulation. And that indeed the greatest usage of this articulation is to articulate the name of Allah and his word. That will impact our hearts and souls. Then in the next section, Allah begins a journey with us in which he takes us through this uh, beautiful discourse on his gifts. The gifts, remember, again from Ar-Rahman that we might have forgotten about. So he says, he draws our attention to the sun and to the moon. Uh, and he says they're precisely measured. The way they flow in this universe is measured. And within this is a beautiful meaning and an insight of, you know, for all of us. The creation of Allah is orderly. There is no randomness. Even the trial we're going through right now is not random. It's part of the design of Allah it has purpose. It has wisdoms. Within it are insights for you and me to grow, to get closer to Allah Nothing is random. Imagine when we become aware that nothing that afflicts us in this journey of life is random, that there is a creator, that there is an owner, there is a wise one, there is a knowledgeable one, the creator of the heavens and the earth who is ordaining and running everything and disposing of all affairs with precise measure that right now he's running the sun and the moon and you know running your cells in your bodies and managing the life of the ant and even that coronavirus is under the direction of Allah nothing is random its movement is not random wouldn't it settle you when you know this of course it does it's only when we forget this fact but Allah reminds you and me also that we need balance and precision in our lives we need to put things where they belong. It's when the human being becomes imbalanced by not paying attention to his heart, to his soul, to his priorities, and when he forgets his maker and his source, that we end up hurting ourselves and creating mischief on this earth. So it's a beautiful message that brings us back to think of, of the need for balance and, and rights and justice in our lives. Allah continues on by saying, when najm wa shajar yasjudan, that indeed, um, that the stars and the, the trees also worship Allah. Again, a reminder that our mission is to worship Allah, to prostrate to Him. That these creatures around you, you might not be aware of them, they are worshiping Allah, they're serving a purpose. Allah saying in the surah, isn't it time for you and me to see this, to be grateful to Allah and to bow and put our heads on the ground? And by Allah again, we desperately need to Devote ourselves to Allah Azza in these times by doing the things He asks us to do. He says, just do that. Put your head on the ground. Spend time, brothers and sisters, in these days and you know, isolation with your family and put your heads on the ground. You'll find incredible healing from Allah. What a beautiful message. Think of the sun and the moon and the tree and the star that is also placing its head in ways we cannot understand. Glorify Allah Azza If you do so, you've joined the creation of Allah Azza Allah, this next session continues, as I said, this beautiful discourse on his gifts. We don't have time to go over every verse, but he references same things such as the fruits on this earth, such as the mouth, that such as the oceans that contain so many treasures of corals, of, 
of pearls. He references the east and the west. He references the, the beautiful sailing ships that float on these oceans. And indeed, it's another beautiful gift of Allah we might have forgotten about. If it wasn't for the properties that Allah has put into these oceans to lift these ships, there's no way for us to transport all this merchandise across this earth. Allah invokes us and reminds us to think about it. Within this section, we'll find Allah speaking of how we were made of this dry clay, that we were made of that substance. And then he reminds us that he also created a jinn. Ajin, this other creation of Allah that is also created to serve and worship Allah Azza but they were made, as Allah tells us in this surah, from smokeless flame of fire, smokeless flame of fire. And as you and I are aware, here is where we start hearing this phrase from Allah Azza as he talks to you, me, and the jinn. So he's talking to uh, a pair from his creation, human beings and the jinn in the surah. And we know this repeating refrain in the surah in which he says, Which of the favors and the gifts of your Lord do you deny? So he's asking you and me, he's asking human beings, and he's asking the jinn, why are you in denial of Allah's gifts? Why are you in denial of his presence? Isn't it time for you and me and the jinn to put our heads on the ground more? And to thank Allah So within it, we even find this note of anger with those who are ungrateful to Allah But it's indeed also intimate. Because if somebody cares for you, he wants to remind you. And he's going to send you one message after another to bring you back. How generous is Allah So he's intimately addressing the human being and the jinn to wake up and reminds us, reminds us of our origin, reminds us of the gifts within the cosmos. So within this section, section number two, we see a lot of reference to the gifts of Allah within the created order, this universe that we're experiencing, as I've indicated earlier. In the next section, we see Allah shifting. After he recited for you and me numerous gifts that we might have taken for granted to remind us of our source, of Allah and how much we need them in his rahmah, that these gifts are expressions of his rahmah, we see him shifting in section number two to another scene, the ultimate end, this ultimate truth, when we meet Allah This entire trial we're going through, if you were to think of one key lesson from it, it is there to remind you and me that we're going back to Allah Life is fleeting, life is fragile, everything is going to fade away. So at the end of that second section, Allah ends it beautifully by saying, Everything on it is going to fade away and perish. Every single creature in existence will perish, including the angels of Allah. And then he says in verse 27, But the countenance and the face of your reward shall remain. He is the beginning. He's the end. From him we come, to him we return. Reminding us that we go through this journey, we experience his gifts, but we're going to go back there. So in the next section, he begins a description of that grand scene. He gives us this graphic description of the day of judgment. Why? To wake us up again. To caution you and me, to caution everyone that might have forgotten that we're going to go back to Allah, that we're accountable for our actions and words on this earth. 
that we live for something bigger than this earth. So he begins this beautiful description by telling us how he'll gather the ins and the jinn, a grand gathering of everyone. On a day in which Allah describes the heavens cracking, as he says in the surah, and beautifully describing even the color of the heaven when it, when it cracks and it splits wide open, giving it this description of this rosy color, like the skin that is peeled from the animal. He says it's going to look like that on that day. Indeed, even the heavens will crack, the earth will crack, and both will come to their end. How about you and me? And he's saying to both us, you know, the human beings and the jinn, hasn't the time come? Which of the bounties of your Lord do you deny? Which of the bounties of the Lord do you deny? And then in the next section, after Allah warns all of us, and particularly warning the criminals, those who are unjust, those who have spread mischief, that their day is coming in which they will be dragged on their faces in humiliation. Even that warning, as I said, is gentle, beautiful, and it's meant to wake them up. So it's an expression of Allah's mercy as well. So in the next section, Allah Azza takes us from this realm to another higher realm, Al-Jannah, beyond the day of judgment. What is waiting for you and me? What is waiting for the human being? What is waiting for the jinn? Allah meant for all this creation to be with him in Jannah. The ultimate expression of Allah's mercy in that next world is to give us Jannah, that realm, blissful realm, in which as Rasulullah says, within it is that which no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, or no mind can ever imagine. The bliss in it is infinite. Allah describes it beautifully in this next section, taking us up to this higher purpose, higher destination by saying, He says, for those who are reverent, whose hearts are conscious of Allah, they are aware of Allah and His glory. They are fearful of His punishment. They anticipate and look for His mercy and His promise. They love Allah, they adore Allah, but they respect Allah. For those whose hearts have that awareness, he says, Waiting for them, and it's his promise, is two genders, not one gender. This is a beautiful thing. We see this theme throughout the surah, the, the theme of pairs. Allah speaks of the insane jinn, pairs. Speaks of the two oceans, pairs. He speaks of heaven and earth, pair, right? And we also find him talking about two genders, a pair. So the theme of pairs is very present in the surah. And I'll describe at the end why that is very important. So Allah says, waiting for those whose hearts are reverent is two jannas, and then he describes them. He says they have beautiful branches, beautiful springs of water. Within them are those uh, uh, beautiful uh, homes in which the believers will dwell, reclining on beautiful thrones that are cushioned with this densely green colored silk, sitting and enjoying the company of their spouses and the servants of Allah that will come to deliver for them, for their needs. A scene in which you'll see yourself, as Allah says, the branches are there and they're hovering over you. You don't even have to reach with your hand. It's a place of permanent comfort that even your hand hasn't to exert itself to go grab the fruit. The fruit will come to you. The needs will be fulfilled immediately and instantaneously beyond your imagination. You're just resting with your family and enjoying this bliss of Allah Azza wa Jal. So Allah gives us this vivid detail 
of physical comfort, of social satisfaction. Right now, you and I are experiencing this distance. It's very hard to be in this masjid. Me and Brother Shad is a man right now recording me. And subhanAllah, like, wow, we're not able to physically touch each other. It's very hard. Allah's taking it away for us to even appreciate it more. In Jannah, there is no such thing as social distancing, as isolation. There is no coronavirus. There is no affliction, adversity, or any difficulty that will spoil your mood. Physical you know, bliss. Social bliss is explained in this surah beautifully, of this companionship that is eternal, of love and affection that you'll never be deprived of. Whatever you wish for is delivered and ultimately of the presence. You are my presence in the shade of Allah, to be in his company, the ultimate peace of Allah. Then in the last section, Allah, and right before he says, right before the next session, he says, concluding that section about the two jannas, isn't the reward of good, good? Allah's promising you, I mean, you're good, the good that you do, the good that I do, is not wasted. Even if no one is aware of it, no one is thanking us for it, Allah is aware. And He promises to deliver Ihsan, Ihsan, excellent reward, excellent virtue, in a manner befitting of His Majesty and His generosity. Nobody can imagine the word of Allah. Enough for you and me to know this. That Allah deals with us according to his nature, not according to our nature. We're weak. We're deficient. We can barely make it, right? And we're nothing without Allah. But Allah is so merciful and generous. He says, I'm going to astound you. And one day you'll be touched by it. Just continue to strive. Continue to be patient. And what's waiting for you is ihsan from Allah himself. Ihsan. Good Abundant blessings and mercy from Allah, especially delivered to you in the next realm. And Allah so concludes the surah with this next section in which He describes another two jannahs. So He says, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa min dunihima jannatan, He's not done. So there, you know, people come in racks. People are not at the same level in terms of their God consciousness, in terms of their efforts on this earth. So in the first section, which was so vivid and beautiful, he says that's not even for the highest. There are higher-ranking people who have done more, who are closer to Allah more, who revere Him even more. For them, he says, we have two additional jannahs, higher in rank, and they have even greater bliss than the bliss of the first, even though the bliss of the first is unimaginable. So he says, they have this tense greenery in them. You know, imagine a garden in which you're walking and you hear the whispers of the birds and the shades and you, you, you're touched by the shade and the, and, and the greenery around you. Is there a more beautiful sight that you can walk through in this life? The garden represents all bliss, the fulfillment of all physical desires and pleasures, right? So Allah says that densely green jannah is, again, beyond your imagination. He says within them you'll find a pair, again, of springs, in, from which water will gush out. Imagine just the sound of that gushing water in the heavens. Not like the falls and the springs of this earth. Designed by Allah Which of the bounties of your Lord do you deny? Again, Allah Azzawajal reminding me that you and me to wake up, to really prostrate and thank Allah Azzawajal. He speaks of the fruits. He speaks of the palm trees. He speaks of the beautiful company and the spouses in Jannah in which you'll enjoy this beautiful, blissful, eternal love and affection. 
There's no spouse to spoil your mood, to get under your skin. There are no chores to take care of. There are no babies crying. Enjoy your time of Allah And Allah concludes this surah. We've gone through a journey in which he has taken us beginning the surah with Ar-Rahman. One word, singular, name of Allah. The beginning and the end. He's the source of everything. Then takes us down into this realm in which he exposes us to his gifts. To just pay attention to them. Shift our attention and our minds to them so, to them so that we can thank him for those gifts. And become conscious of him. To understand that he's worthy of our devotion and gratitude. He describes that realm. Then he takes us back up to Jannah, to the next world. And bear in mind, remember that we described that the gifts he discusses in the surah are presented in pairs. Everything in creation is, is in pairs. And Allah mentions this in the Quran. We've created everything in pairs. So the surah begins with the singular, Ar-Rahman. Then a journey describing his gifts in pairs in this realm. Then he takes us up into the heavens in which he also describes Jannatan, pair. And within the Jannas are pairs of of, of pleasures, everything is presented also in pairs, whether it's a food or a spring, right? And then he concludes the surah, guess by saying one. He takes us back to the beginning, the singular. So he says, Glorious is the name of your Lord who possesses glory and majesty. So the surah began with a reference to the name of Allah, then ended by taking us back to the beginning, Allah, 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 the singular. Everything that is in pair is gonna perish and go away until the day we return back to Allah. But Allah is indeed the beginning and the end. And within this is a beautiful reminder that you, what you and I need right now is nothing but that singular, Allah, the divine. We learned about bayan. And Allah's mentioning in the last verse, his name is full of abundance and plentitude. We need provision for our hearts, souls, physically, to go through this difficult journey. Allah's reminding you and me, there's nothing better that this tongue can articulate, that this mind can think about, that this heart can reflect on, but the name of Allah, it will suffice you because it's full of abundance, it's full of grace, it's full of mercy, just mention it. Say, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, ya rahman, ya rahman, when you're desperate, when you're broken, when you're in pain, put your head on the ground, prostrate, and invoke Ar-Rahman. Say, SubhanAllah, how perfect is Allah. Alhamdulillah, this is a surah indeed of invoking Allah, Ar-Rahman, reflecting on Him, and understanding that gratitude to Allah is the greatest thing we can attain in this journey of life. It's the thing you and I desperately need in these times of darkness. May Allah touch us with His Rahman. May Allah connect us to this beautiful surah. May Allah make us among those who receive His mercy in this world and in the next realm. May Allah alleviate the suffering of everyone on this earth who's going through a hardship right now. May Allah make us among the compassionate who deliver His rahmah to those around us, who inspire them to come closer to Allah. May Allah make us among those who fulfill the needs of others in these days. May Allah enlighten us with His guidance. May Allah make us not miss out on His greatest of gifts in these trials. May Allah make us emerge out of these trials that we're going through stronger, more faithful, more conscious of Him, more aware of His gifts, 
May Allah make us better fathers and mothers and children and neighbors and servants on this earth. We conclude with this, brothers and sisters. Barakallah fikum. As I said at the beginning, stay tuned. Inshallah, I'm going to end this uh, series for the next few, few weeks uh, with the Quran until Ramadan. And we'll pick up, inshallah, with our discussions uh, on the Quran later on. In the meantime, um, I will be, inshallah, uh, starting a new series, as I said earlier, in which I will share with you invocations, du'as, tools from the Quran to know how to invoke Allah in times of trial. And within the series, we'll also touch on the means of Allah to get to know Him more and more. Stay tuned. Barakallah fikum in our du'as. May Allah protect you and your families. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, Brother Tariq, there's a question from the community. Uh, they say they want to know what's, what is the significance of the repetition in this Quran, uh, in this surah of But this is one surah in the entire Quran where a particular sentence is repeated so many times. In the, in the surah. The second question that has come in is what is the dua that you would recommend parents to teach their children when they are at home at this difficult time? Beautiful question. I'm so happy to hear questions, subhanAllah. Uh, even though they're virtual right now, but alhamdulillah, I'm very, very good question. First, this is a one of the unique features of the surah, this repetition of this refrain, this phrase, First, let's understand what it means. It says, which The Lord, which of the gifts, the bounties of your Lord, and he's talking to both him beings and jinn. Do you deny? Now, why repeat it? When someone cares for you and you're not paying attention, a father and a mother talking to their child, clean up after yourself, clean up after yourself, right? You know, don't lie, don't do this. And the child continues to play. You need to say it over and over and over because you care for them. You want to keep warning them because that's a very important message for them to hear. So Allah intimately, actually, this is a sign of his intimacy and his care for all of us. He's summoning all of us. It hasn't the time come. He keeps asking over and over, isn't it time for you and me to see? Then he talks about one, another gift. And then he says, isn't it time for you and me to see? Then he talks about more gifts. Then he repeats, isn't it time for you and me to see? What an intimate call from Allah, but it's an emphasis on the central theme of the surah, the need to see Allah as the source of all gifts and to express our gratitude to him. That's the purpose, but it becomes a unique signature of the surah that gives it this beautiful rhythm and this intimate call from Allah. In terms of du'as, what an amazing question because the next series that I'm going to be covering each single time, please, please stay tuned to this, inshallah. In the coming days, we'll release the first episode. I'm going to be talking about specific du'as. Each episode will take up one du'a from the Qur'an in which we'll see how that du'a can sustain us, nourish us, strengthen us, our families and our children through these difficult times to allow us to recover and overcome these difficulties. These are du'as that were articulated on the tongues of the prophets before us, who also have gone through difficult trials. So stay tuned for this, but for now, what I would say, subhanAllah, like uh, so many guys will come to mind, but I would say, you know, this is gonna be something I, I speak about in the first episode, Hasbi Allah, Stay tuned for the meaning of that. Hasbi Allah, 
Hasbi Allah, Allah is sufficient for you. And he's the best trustee. Hasbi Allah wa na'mal In times of fear, in times of difficulty, we remember that Allah suffices us. But I would also say here, aside from that, there's so many, as I said, other guys, I really urge parents to read uh, Ayat al-Kursi and the last three surahs of the Quran. They're protectors. We need to take our physical precautions, right? Making du'as does not replace the physical precautions that we need to take to protect ourselves from illness. So we need to do this. We need to be cautious. But at the same time, Allah emphasized the need to reflect upon him. And we understand that Ayat al-Kursi, reciting it day and night, and the last three surahs of the Quran, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ Each of them three times in the morning and three times at night. I would emphasize this more than anything else. Have your children read them three times morning, three times evening, and you recite it in front of them. And I would say actually what you can do, as I said before, what Rasulullah did was to uh, recite the surahs, opening his hands, and he used to blow into his hands like this. And then wipe on himself and his entire body. Wipe on your children and have your children do that to themselves night and day. It will connect them to Allah, it will protect them. But remember, Hasbi Allahu wa In these times, Allah is sufficient for me and He's the best trustee. And as I said in the first episode, we'll go into this dua more and inshallah continue with other du'as. Is there another question that is just coming? They want to know. If they have a question between now and your next session, what should they do? And the answer to that is text. Please take this number down. Text 301-537-8350. I'll repeat the number again. Text 301-537-8350. If you have any questions for Imam Tarif and Dr. Tarif and Yamahat, thank you. Absolutely. We look forward to hearing from you. Please stay connected. Anything you need, brothers and sisters, we're a community, we're a family, we're here for each other, we're making du'as for each other. But please, please stay connected. If you need to call us, call us, email us, text us. Don't be shy. We're here in this journey together until the very end, inshallah. Barakallah fikum. Unless there are any other questions, we'll wrap. Inshallah, stay tuned in the coming days, as I said, for the first episode of our next series, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.